Red Podcast. It's Red Podcast, the marketing podcast for experts. David Hooper here. And if you've got a message that you want to spread, you want to make more money for that message, you want to make people care about that message, you are in the right place. On this episode, I've got Mike Adams. He is an audio expert, which of course, very exciting to me as a podcaster. But what he's doing, I think, is going to relate to you. It's not only going to make you sound better if you take his advice, he is also doing a great thing with a course that he has. We're going to learn all about that. Mike Adams, welcome to Road Podcast. Hey, thanks, David. I appreciate you having me. This is really a, an honor for me. I, I'm looking forward to this conversation. I love it how I'm in Nashville. You're on the other side of the country in Arizona and Phoenix. Yes. We sound like we're in the same room. We do. The audio quality is amazing, which, as you just mentioned, I'm all about audio quality. That's why I love having a guy who knows good audio, because it's not always this way. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But you've got a course for anybody who uses the product Audacity, which I love. I've used it for 20 years. Let me tell you how I found out about you. Audacity 3.0 just came out. I'm looking for information about it. There's an Audacity forum on the internet, somewhere on Facebook. Somebody had a question. Maybe it was the question I had. Maybe I just saw it. You responded and you said, I've got this course. It's A to Z, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. 20 bucks on Udemy. Right. And immediately somebody came in and said, hey, stop plugging your stuff. Stop plugging your stuff. (laughs) I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to happen. I said, all right, I'm going to give this guy a shot because I really need to know the answer to this problem. I went to Udemy. I was already skeptical because Udemy, anybody can put something up there. It's almost like interviewing somebody on a podcast. Some guests are great. Some guests are not. You never know what you're going to get. I was blown away by this course, especially for the price. Beginner, intermediate, advanced. I looked at the free stuff you had on there. You had some sample videos. And I learned one thing after 20 years of using Audacity. I said, okay, I'm in. I'm in. If I've already got one thing that I've learned after using this for 20 years, I know I'm going to pick up some stuff. We're going to talk about that, selling stuff on Udemy, but also you as an expert, how you got into this, because the way this thing was so organized, that was another thing that blew my mind. I've done these courses. It's not easy. And I think that you've got good advice for anybody, regardless of whether they're in audio or not, as far as organizing a course and selling a course. Before we get into that, let's talk about how you got into audio. What makes you an audio expert? You've been at this a while and you had some early exposure to it. So it's not like you did this in the last couple of months. You, you know what you're doing. Well, I don't know that I'm an audio expert, David. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel like Audacity gets the best of me. Some of my audio editing gets the best of me. I don't know that I'm an expert. It's, it's humbled me too many times, I think, to be able to hang my shingle out there and say, hey, I'm the audio expert over here. But I do enjoy Audacity. I do enjoy using that program. And one of the reasons why I started that course is to dive deeper. Like you, I've been using Audacity off and on for the last 20 years since it first came out, kind of dabbling in it here and there. And then in March of 2015, I got serious about it. And my wife and I started up a podcast and I started using Audacity for that. And the more I got into it, the more I liked it. And I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to get beyond just the drop-down menus and what's there. I wanted to look behind it and see what's going on and really learn the program and get really comfortable in the program. So about six years ago, I started using Audacity 
in a serious way. I, I would say kind of a semi-professional way at that point and uh, started podcasting. And I've been podcasting now for six years uh, using Audacity. And a friend came up to me. I don't want to go on too many rabbit trails here with you, David, but a friend came up to me last year and uh, this person said, you know, you should teach a course on Audacity because what you're doing needs to be heard and people need to know about it. And so I started to investigate that and I landed at Udemy because it seemed the most user-friendly at the time. Their system is really easy to upload videos to and so forth. Right. Yeah. They make it super easy. Yeah, they do. Not only to for you as a creator, but as far as getting paid, as far as people buying and they're everywhere. So everybody knows of Udemy. So that's an easy sell there. You don't have to sell somebody on a different system or platform that they might not be familiar with. That's right. I started building a course in February and originally I had three courses, David. I don't know if you knew this or not. I had three Audacity courses at Udemy. I had the beginning course, intermediate course, and the advanced course, but they were three standalone courses. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize at the time what I was getting into, but when you have to do updates on them, that's a lot of work. You know, which course do I update? Like, uh, you know, you mentioned Audacity just came out with 3.00. I want to talk about that in a course. I want to keep the course fresh. Well, which one do I put it in? Do I put it in beginning? Right. Do I put it in intermediate or advanced? So I ended up unpublishing those three, and I made a completely new one in June. And that's the one that you see now. I just went through each lecture in video series and video style. Right now, there's 59 videos just to give people an idea of what's out there. It's called Audacity Bootcamp, Beginner to Advanced. It's only 20 bucks, and I priced it low on purpose because I'm on a fixed income, and I you know, appreciate the fact that other people don't want to waste their money on, I don't want to you know, charge 200 bucks and have somebody disappointed. I'd rather charge 20 and have them disappointed. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah. but that's kind of how I got started in that course. My audio work goes way back, and I play drums and I play guitar. Okay, so you're a musician, you've been around it. Yeah. And in the mid nineties, you know, I was spending some time in the studio and I got my first exposure to pro audio. So that's where I started doing my digital audio work. I got quite into it. It wasn't my job. It wasn't where I was employed. It's something that took up a lot of my time and I, I just really loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. So I started learning audio there. And then I kind of transferred my audio editing knowledge into Audacity, which like you, I love the program. I mean, it's free. And it does some incredible stuff. Well, that's what I love about it. Coming from a music background myself, we have access to Pro Tools. And I remember the first time I even saw digital audio because we were recording on magnetic tape, even in radio. Oh, yeah. And I was blown away by it. But when I saw Audacity, the fact that it was free, to me, that seemed so empowering as a way to get out a message. And at the time, I was coming from you know, this rock and roll background. It's like, all right, this, this is the ultimate punk rock thing. I, I thought it was amazing as opposed to Pro Tools, which it's a little bit different now. I think you subscribe to Pro Tools, if I'm not mistaken. I know a lot of the Adobe right. stuff you do, but, you know, right. we were talking hundreds of dollars for a one-off thing and there's some kind of key, a dongle you've got to have for your machine and very expensive. So, yeah, anyway, I, I was the same way when I saw it. It wasn't the most powerful, but I think for recording your voice, Plenty of power. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For, you know, all I do is podcast and now I do videos. It's extremely powerful for what I do. It meets all of my needs and actually goes way beyond what I need. So you had this experience 
with Audacity and with digital audio, your friend recognizes that you are experienced. And this is funny because of the very first part of this episode, you're like, well, I'm not really sure I'm an expert. And that's one of the things <laughs> that I think that we don't realize is we're in the trenches. We know it in and out. We don't realize our own skill. But at the same time, we're in it so much, we also could have a difficult time teaching it. And one of the things that I loved about the Audacity Bootcamp is you seem so organized. And that's one of the reasons I want to go into your background, because I said, this guy's got to be a teacher. It is so well organized from step one to step whatever, 100. There's a lot. And you guide people through, but at the same time, everything is complete. So if I need to learn one specific thing, which is how I got the course in the first place, it's there and it feels complete. I'd love to know about actually putting together this course. You mentioned there were three of them originally. So you've yes. segmented this thing from beginner, intermediate, and advanced. But how else did you organize this thing? And, and has it changed since you started it? Quite honestly, I just sat down and started brainstorming in a little notebook. What would I want to know if I were being exposed to audacity for the first time? What's important to me? You know, I'm a podcaster. I'm a video producer. What do I need to know about Audacity that will enhance what I do, what I enjoy doing, and what I like doing? When I took the three original courses, I didn't want to go get away from the beginning, intermediate, and advanced. I wanted to put them into one course. I rewrote the entire course, and I put all new videos out there. So the old videos are gone. I mean, they're unpublished. People that bought those original courses still have access to them. They'll have them for life. But those videos aren't out there for the public anymore to go see. I completely rewrote everything. I, I literally sat down with a notebook, and I split it up into what belongs in the beginning, what belongs in the intermediate, what be belongs in advanced. And I just went from there. Once I got the topics in there, I started to organize them in what I thought was a logical progression just to walk people through it. Again, it's as if I had someone beside me who didn't know anything about Audacity, but who wanted to become a pro at using Audacity. Here's what I would take them through. Here's the steps that I would take them through. I'm not a frills guy. I don't know if you picked that up in the videos. I kind of have a dry sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, I'm older, I'm retired. This isn't theory. This isn't stuff I read in the book. This is things that I've experienced that I've been able to accomplish and do. And I wanted to, to pass it along to other people at a reasonable price. I'm not trying to get rich. I wanted to make it available and make it a good resource. And the response, David, has been overwhelming. Yeah. I've actually got five courses. I got the three that I've unpublished. I've got one on the Zoom H6 that's out there that I did on Udemy. And then I've got the Audacity Bootcamp Beginner to Advanced. As of this recording, I'm nudging right up to a thousand students in a year, less than a year, actually. Well, it's so perfect because one, you've got the promo videos, which is what got me in. Cause I said, this guy's organized. He knows what he's doing. He's mic'd up. Well, he's great. But the fact that it's for podcasters, I really appreciated that. Cause there's a million videos on YouTube about audacity, right? Audacity has, I want to say it's a hundred million downloads right now. So a big community around it, but some of that stuff, it doesn't matter to us as podcasters. Right. With your course, I was like, I, I'm going for it. I learned something right away. I'm going for it. And I have enjoyed it. I have enjoyed your 
it's funny you call it like a, a dry sense of humor, but you're so laid back. You're the kind of guy that I like being in the studio with because when things get stressful, we're like, we've got to get this take. We got to do it now. We've got 10 minutes. I want a guy like you in there with me that isn't going to get freaked out and get everybody all riled up. Well, thank you. This is what it feels like, but I know that sometimes this can be deceiving. It's almost as if you just hit record and you did it in one take. I know that from my own experience, it does not work like that. So let's talk about actually making these videos. You're zooming in on stuff. You're being very, very specific with the video part of the component. Are you going back and editing this and adding those video parts? How does that work? Oh yeah, there's a lot of editing that goes on. It takes a long time for me to make a video. When I started this course last year, I didn't know anything about video. I had never recorded any video. I'd never done anything in video. And so I started to kind of explore that a little bit and I found a program called Camtasia. Like screen capture. Yeah, it's a you know, full video thing. I can do screens, I can do multiple screens. You know, you can do a lot with Camtasia. So I found a course on Udemy on Camtasia yeah. and I took that first. And then on top of that, I started doing those original courses. And so I had the double stress of trying to figure out video at the same time doing the audio. And then how do you sync the audio to the video? That's a huge thing. Yeah. One thing I've learned is you can have a really bad video with good audio and people will watch it. Oh, yeah. If you have a really good video and trashy audio, people are going to turn it off. Well, that happens a lot. And I was going to ask you that because your video looks great. So I'm assuming you learned about lighting. Yes. And yes. obviously you're, you're mic'd up because you do sound great. This is so important. This is a reason for people, even if you are not interested in really learning the ins and outs of Audacity, just that beginner element that you've got in this boot camp, it's so important because people do judge you on your audio quality. They do. 100%. And that's not just because we're podcasters. So studies prove that. And I think that's right. I think they're right in doing that. How's the audio? Well, the audio, <laughs> to me, the audio has to be the best part of the video. Well, the video is really just, I think that if somebody's thinking about doing a video course, you need a video component of what you have because you're showing people something on a screen, press this button, and you really are breaking it down into that element. You're saying, all right, we're going to zoom in on this. Here's what you're going to highlight. Here's the button that you're going to press. This is how you get the sound that you want. But I think that another thing the video does for you, and this doesn't have to be perfect, all you do need to be well lit, is I think it helps you to bring that, as you say, the dry sense of humor. <laughs> and I say yeah. that laid back personality out because you're sitting there, it looks great, but it's almost like you've got that friend and what I talked about your personality coming through. People can get stressed out. I and mean, especially with technology, they can get stressed out. I've got somebody that I work with. I call her the oldest podcaster that I know. She's in her seventies. She started at 69 and she tells the story of editing her first podcast. She said it took eight hours, but she never wanted to be beholden to somebody else editing it because it was going to keep her from getting her message out. She's gotten down to where she could do it 45 minutes or an hour, eight times faster than it was. And I think that if you think about somebody like that, I always think about when I was a kid, I'd set the VCR for my mother or my grandmother. They had no idea, but I intuitively had it. As you get older, you don't have this. And I think that it's even more important to have somebody 
like you, somebody who's older and definitely somebody who's laid back to guide you through that, I think that's a huge service and one of the reasons this course has done so well. So for somebody who's worried about not being like the perfect teacher, I think what you've got without realizing it makes you the perfect teacher. When I first started doing this course and I'm trying to learn video on top of teaching Audacity, you know, that was a challenge because I would start my, I I do all my videos on my iPhone. I have an iPhone 11. I don't Mm -hmm. have an expensive setup. I just, you know, I push record on my iPhone and I record everything in HD. And when I first started doing this and I'd push record, I'd just kind of freeze, you know, like, okay, I'm recording now. Now what? Right. And, you know, so many outtakes and I would stop recording if I made a mistake and I'd start over. Over a period of time, I learned just let it record. Just let it go. Yeah, I fix it in post. I fix it when I'm editing. And I record all of my audio into my Zoom H6. And then I import that into Audacity to edit it. And then I import that into Camtasia. And then I sync the audio and the video together at that point. Right. But sometimes that process gets really long because I leave the camera on. If I'm making a mistake or if I forget where I'm going with something, I don't stop recording anymore. Right. I leave that thing on. And so that can be a long time, hours of editing sometimes for a 15-minute video. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of editing that goes on. <laughs> you you wouldn't believe the outtakes that I have. I've emailed some of them to some friends, you know, little weird things. But, you know, it's cheap entertainment, if nothing else. But yeah, there's a lot that I leave on the editing floor, you know, that I've cut from this thing. and uh, But that isn't what the end user sees. Yeah. Well, I would believe it. My last audio book is 10 hours and some change of finished audio. Meaning if you went to bed right now listening to me, chances are when you woke up, unless you really slept a long time, I would still be talking. But that's edited down from probably 40 hours. And I'm thankful it's just an audio book, not a video book, because adding the video to that, that's got to take your time you said hours. It could be hours for yeah, a 15-minute yeah. video. Tell me about the philosophy that you have. You've mentioned this a little bit, that you want this to be accessible to people, much like Audacity itself. So I can appreciate that. But this is a lot of work for a course that's $20. I mean, it's amazing to me. It is a lot of work. And I wanted to keep it within people's reach. You know, like I said earlier, I'm on a fixed income and I want to make it affordable to other people too, especially in this pandemic thing. I was able to kind of hunker down and and do these videos back to back to back. And my wife, bless her heart, you know, really encouraged me to do that. (laughs) She's got to be understanding because this is a huge project. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, it was a challenging time, but it was really a rewarding time as well because, I mean, the finished product, I just want to make it available. Yeah. Like you said earlier, there's a zillion videos on YouTube about Audacity. But I wanted this to stand out. I wanted this to be different. I wanted the quality of it to be better. Right. And I wanted the the uh, subject matter to be beyond what, what I hear on YouTube. It's beyond even what I see on Udemy, though. The other paid courses, anybody can put anything up on Udemy. You certainly have reviews. And that's one of the things that I was like, wow, this guy's got a thousand reviews here, however many you've got. Some It said bestseller. Yeah. So I knew it was selling something. Although I take bestseller with a grain of salt. I don't know what that means. But after watching the promos, I was inspired by you because it's just so nice to see somebody who cares. I think there's a lot of times in the expert business, we just throw something up there and try to convince ourselves it has value. 
it's the content. It's not the audio. People are going for the content. Don't worry about the video. Just, you know, go to Kinko's or FedEx office, whatever it's called now, and give a third generation copy. It's good enough. And and there is good enough. I, I don't disagree with the content being important, but I think that when you're competing against, you got kids that were born with these cameras and microphones in their hand. Right. And they are natives to them. So the quality is getting better and better and better. And it's just so great to see somebody who recognizes that. That was inspiring to me. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have you here, let's talk about the marketing of it. Obviously you've got a great product. I can't say enough good things about it. I've already told half a dozen people at least. It's good for me after 20 years to learn something and get me excited about Audacity again. It's like, all right. Cause I was honestly thinking maybe I should go to audition. You know, everybody keeps telling me audition, but I really believed in the philosophy of it. Hmm. How did you get those first courses going? Like, how does Udemy work? Because they have tools. Am I right that you can give away some or promo things they oh, want yeah. to help you sell stuff with? Oh, yeah. You can give it away for a certain amount of days. You can give it away to a certain amount of people. You can make it half price for a certain amount of days, you know, to a certain amount of people. Did you try that? I did. I actually did that a lot. I'm not on social media a whole lot. I used to be, but I'm not there a lot. You know, I closed out my accounts and so forth. I, I stayed on Instagram. Facebook went away. Twitter, you know, kind of went away. And I just got kind of fed up with the whole thing. Well, then I started the course. And, of course, they're saying, hey, you need to be on social media, which <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I got back on social media. I have a Facebook page now called Audacity Bootcamp where I'm also putting my videos there. But I started marketing it on Facebook as much as I could. And then on Twitter, back when I was on Twitter, and even on LinkedIn, you know, I started to advertise it somewhat. But most of it seemed to just be word of mouth. And I'm not sure yeah. how that happened exactly because, you know, I don't have a lot of friends in the area here that do podcasting. I'm not sure how the word got out there to a lot of these people. Like I said, I've, I've almost got a thousand students now and I really haven't tried really super hard to push it. I don't know if you're into the Enneagram or not. It's funny. My wife just took that maybe two days ago. So I, I'm getting oh, nice. into it and I'll let you know what, what Enneagram number are you? <laughs> well, I'm a nine okay. and I, I, I tend to be an introvert and I tend at times to be an extreme introvert. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, here I am an introvert with three podcasts and now a video course, <laughs> you know, so that was a struggle for me, you know, social media and that kind of stuff. I, you know, I'm kind of getting in the groove now and you know, it's a little bit different now because I'm there strictly for the business. I'm there strictly for Audacity Bootcamp. Let's talk about that for a second though, because I'm an introvert as well. I was speaking a couple of years ago on stage and had a panic attack. Just, oh, I've had those. Oh my God. It, 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 and I'm, I'm fairly comfortable on stage, comfortable getting on the radio and talking to a lot of people and comfortable with podcasting. I think I write me. He said, yeah, anytime you think you're being watched, right? And I had three cameras on me and I had microphones and a thousand people in the room, maybe, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Was that something you had to go up against? Like the being exposed? That's one of the reasons I like audio more so than video. I think there's a level of comfort there, but you've got audio, you've got video, you're doing social media. As I mentioned, you actually had posted a helpful comment to a lady and said, Hey, by the way, I've got this course. If you're wanting more. Yeah. And some guy immediately jumped on you immediately. And yep. that's what we're up against on social media. Was that an issue? And, and 
partly why you got off of it or talk about how you got around that. Cause you're there now. Yeah, I'm there now. Well, I just saw the meanness, uh, particularly on Facebook. I got into a hate, hate relationship with Facebook after being on it for years and years. Yeah. And both my wife and I just decided to close out our accounts, you know, and, and not have that thing to deal with. And so we did. And then of course I got back on to promote my course, my audacity bootcamp course. And right. it's, it's different now. It's different because I've got it locked down a little, little bit tighter. Right. I'm there for one purpose. Yeah. And that's what I do. I don't hang out on there, get notified if someone contacts me or, you know, I get questions on my audacity bootcamp page on Facebook now. And I've had some really good questions and some really good dialogue with people. That's how I'm doing social media now. I'm not there to be social. <laughs> what about the competition from other audio engineers? One of the things that, and this is probably every industry, you've seen The Simpsons probably, right? With Krusty the oh, Clown. Yeah. He said, that guy stole my <laughs> bet. And I kind of think audio engineers are that way. <laughs> when you get yeah. on a an audio engineering Facebook group, for example, we'll keep the Facebook thread up. I could say, hey, I just bought this mic. That mic sucks. People right. immediately jump on you. This is Audacity for one, and people judge this program. It's open source. It's not Pro Tools, so people already right. have a bias against it. Are you going against other people in the audio industry? Is that part of it as well? People who are just completely skeptical of anything other than their way of doing things? I haven't noticed that group yet. They, they may be out there and watching, but they haven't said anything to me. I love it. I love it. Just do your thing. I'm not an audio engineer, and I'm not in an audio engineer group anywhere on any kind of social media, but I'll listen to audio engineers because I want to know what they know. I want right. to glean their knowledge. I want that because I'm not that. Right. I'm always learning. You know, I always want to be in, in a learning mode. I'll go find recording studios here and there, you know, with YouTube videos or whatever. And, and just to sit down and listen to a 30-minute video, watch a 30-minute video on how they're processing audio. Right. On their dynamics processing. You know, what are they doing? I, I want to know. I want to know beyond what I know in order to pass that along to make it applicable in Audacity and, you know, make it available. So I haven't had any bad dialogue with audio engineers. I haven't had any dialogue with them. It's all been one way from them to me through videos. Right. You know, maybe that day will come, but it, it hasn't hit yet. <laughs> well, I think for you to have your lane, and we've talked about it, one, it's Audacity. Two, it's Audacity for podcasters. So it's very specific. But the way you're delivering the information, that's one of the things that I really appreciated that I could go there and learn about the Z key, for example, little things like that. And I, I think that's sort of the exciting thing about anything that we can get into, whether it's coin collecting or it's yoga or it's nutrition or whatever. It's like, there's always another level and there's definitely a level with podcasting and audio. And I think for people who are somewhat in the middle, they don't want to go to audio engineering school, but they care a little bit more than just talking into 10 cans and a string. You have filled that niche. Take it back to the marketing, the, the word of mouth. I, I think that you've done it maybe just naturally. If somebody were to go on Udemy, let's, let's say I got an idea for a course. I'm going to go on there. Did you find it helpful to drop that price? Does Udemy help you to boost it with all the traffic that they're getting? 
how does Udemy work, like their algorithms and things? I set the price myself, and I set it to the lowest tier. When you first get on Udemy, you have three tiers that you can set your pricing to. And I think based on what happens to your course after that, it might open up for you better opportunities to do a higher priced gig. But when I first got on there, I only had three choices. I had nineteen ninety five, had twenty four ninety five, and I had twenty nine ninety five. I haven't gone back to look to see if I have other choices now because I don't want to raise the price. Right. You know, I think their algorithm works in such a way that depending on the sales that you're getting and the reviews that you're getting, maybe your pricing can go up. I'm not going to do it, but I'd like to know if it's there. Well, I love it that you're dedicated to keeping it reasonable. I would think that if I'd paid $100, I would have thought it was worth 10 times the price personally. At the same time, I would be using it all the time. So I understand, like, maybe you're trying to catch people and get them addicted to audacity. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a good addiction to have. That was the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is your philosophy on content editing and also the art of plosives and EQing and things of that nature. Because I really appreciated that, too. You seem to have, you know, coming from a music industry background, some of those guys are so particular about mm-hmm. every single thing. And you seem to have, I guess, a good balance of quality, but also understanding that it's not going to be perfect. So I'd love to hear more about your philosophy on editing and why you've dug into Audacity so much like you have. I guess the overriding principle on my editing philosophy is consistently good, clear, clean audio. As a podcast listener, you've done it too. You've, you know, We tune into podcasts and the volume's all over the place, right? You got somebody talking real quiet and then they get real loud and they get quiet again, or you've got different speakers on their different levels and you're, you end up kind of chasing the, vo- the volume around, you know, or rewinding and go, what'd they say? Yeah. And so you re, you re listen to a piece of it and it's real low. And so you turn it up and then all of a sudden it's real loud again. So you have to turn it back down. Part of my philosophy is making that consistent from beginning to end. And my audio, whatever I'm doing, if it's a podcast or if it's a video, I want my audio to be a consistent level from beginning to end, so that people can push play and put their feet up, get their favorite beverage, and listen, and not right. have to touch it until it's right. done. And not even think about it. That way they can focus on the content. Right. Exactly. I don't want them to be busy trying to figure out what's going on in my podcast or in my video. <laughs> I want them to be able right. to just listen and enjoy it and get something out of it. And you do that through good audio. I've got sound boards on my room in here. This this room is, it's not soundproof. It's not a studio, but it's awful close to it. I'm actually in a walk-in closet right now that I've tricked out. I've been there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and what I've got is I have foam. I have Audimute, if you're familiar with that, which I guess is like uh, rock wool or something. It's some kind of oh, fiberglass yeah. or something. And I have basically uh, packing blankets, very inexpensive things that you can do to make your room sound better. I'm, I'm curious how you've treated your room as far as the sound. It's been a process. It's been an evolution kind of, you know, I started with the uh, 12 by 12 foam things yep. I had all over the walls. Yep. Uh, I didn't really like those. So yeah. what I did is I went out and got some two foot by four foot by two inch thick styrofoam panels from the hardware store. I brought those home. My wife got some material that we put over them, which is, you know, sound absorbing material. 
And then she made a tablecloth for my table from that same material. And all of my little tables and stuff in here are covered, you know, because you've got flat wood surfaces mm -hmm. that tend to reverberate audio. Mm -hmm. So I've got everything in here absorbing sound now. And I've got a little bit of furniture in here. I've got a nice recliner that absorbs sound. Yeah. It isn't a studio by any means, but there's zero echo in here. And I can't normally hear what's going on out in the rest of the house when I'm closed in in here. So right. it's a perfect environment for me. It works. Well, I think that goes back to the attitude of it is your sound doesn't have to be perfect, but there are these little things that you can do. And we could go into some kind of soundproof chamber or you could get a whisper room if you're familiar with those seven, eight thousand dollars and they build it inside. It's like a room inside of a room. Yes. Might be overkill for your podcast. And do you want to spend hours upon hours in there? But it's, it's like Audacity and the editing we're talking about. There are little things that you can do that make it sound maybe 90% of what you could get doing a lot of things. And it's not a Grammy award winning record we're making here. We're making podcasts. I like it that you see that balance. Because it does need to be a certain level of quality. I'm always curious about people's rooms. I've got an Instagram account, Big Podcast One, number one. And I share people's home studios. And one of the things I love about it is some people, I've got a photo of Ira Glass in his closet. Because nice. COVID, that changed a lot of things for people. And oh, yeah. you had to start getting oh, yeah. creative. And it's one of the things that I think is really exciting. And it probably has helped your course. I don't think we were rolling. I think this was before I, I started taping, but I was talking about my radio show is I'm dealing with musicians that have spoken to microphones and recorded and performed on audio equipment for their entire lives, but they don't know how to engineer a podcast, meaning sit in their closet like we're doing, sit in a room like we're doing right, and hook it into a computer. And now everybody has to do that. It's a skill we've developed. I think if there's a good thing that's come from being locked down and not being able to go somewhere, it's, we know how to hook up audio on the internet a little bit better. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. When I first started recording using Cakewalk back in the 90s, I was in a house. People doing vocals were in a walk-in closet in the master bedroom. And I had a 100-foot snake running there, you know, with mic connections. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really familiar with the walk-in closet thing. That's the best environment sometimes. Do you know the band called Boston? Yes. Tom Schultz, he was making his own amps, had this thing called the Rockman, Schultz mm -hmm. Engineering Labs or something. He recorded that record himself. I want to say that it was next to like the boiler or something in his house. It was a closet <laughs> tricked out. I think he did everything, but maybe the vocals and maybe the drums. This is the legend, and there's a million versions of this. But when you said Snake, it reminded me. The label did not know this, apparently, and he's taking all this money from the label, not because he wanted to, but they're like, no, you can't do a record for that cheap. He had to show them a two inch tape. That's what we record on back at the time. And he had a record company truck, a recording module come park on the street. They snaked it to the boiler room and then they dubbed the tapes, put it on the two inch. And then that's what he turned in. <laughs> that's a good story. Yeah. You could have 16 million records sold for somebody who wants to do of course, you've got your expert business, your speaker, maybe you've got a podcast, but you want to take recorded content that you put out and release, maybe make a course out of it, take that to the next level. Want to get on Udemy. What are some thoughts on how to best do that? Any tricks that you've learned along the way to have success on Udemy? Udemy is a user-friendly group. 
I like being on Udemy and nothing's hard there on Udemy. It's not difficult to do. There's a uh, instructor support group that you can get into and ask other instructors what they're doing and pick their brains and find out, you know, questions that come up in your own course. I had some early on. Can I rename my course? Didn't know if I should do that or not. I mean, yeah. it's, it's got a URL, right? So how does that happen? And, you know, you go into these uh, groups and these user groups within Udemy and ask your questions of other instructors who've done that as well. And if you can't find it there, you know, you can go to the support and they'll respond to your question, you know, do up a ticket and follow that thing through. It's been a good experience for me. It's so easy to start. All you need to do to start is send them a trial video, a real short video. This is kind of what I want to be doing. What do you think of what I'm doing in this video? Good, bad, or ugly? And I'll tell you, my first video that I sent them when I was just opening up my account and starting to get going, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. I look at that thing now and I cringe and I think, oh, I'm going to burn that. It's just, you know, it doesn't belong in the world anywhere. Let's get rid of it. I'm actually surprised that they check out videos because I have seen such just low-level content on Udemy. I know that they do it at the beginning. I don't know that they go back through and follow up on anything, but you know they want you to send a test video in at the very beginning. And mine was so bad. But they were just real constructive with it and said, you know, this has got good audio. We can see you clearly. Looks good. I mean, I'm an older guy, right? You've seen my videos. This is all I've got to work with. And and so, you know, it's a little bit intimidating at times, but they were helpful. They pointed out some things and said, you know, this is good. You know, make sure that your audio stays clear. Make sure people can see you. That was at the very beginning. That was before I actually even published my first course. And that's part of the process of getting in. It's very easy to open an account there. It's very easy to get started. So I'd encourage anybody that wants to do it to do it. I'm just going to look at the forum you're talking about. I think learning from other creators, because you find that people get really creative on there and some people have great success. I think it's one of these things like real estate or making money, you know, like 1%'s got more than 99%. And Udemy probably is the same way. A lot of people are not selling and you've got some people that are selling a lot and you are one right. of those people. Audacity Bootcamp, go see Mike Adams at Udemy. But Mike, thank you for being here. This is amazing. I, I'm, I'm loving the course. I think that what you're doing, not only do you have a great course, but I do think because you are not 20 years old or 30 years old, you've jumped in there. I think it's inspiring for other older creators to say like, yeah, you know, I've got this knowledge that I've gotten from all these years. Let's throw it up there. It is possible. I mean, you make it look easy, but I know that it's not. Well, I appreciate that. And to let people know that if it doesn't seem easy, it, it didn't seem easy to Mike either, but it got easier as it went along. That's right. Just press record and keep recording. You can edit out your mistakes later. Just keep recording. Audacitybootcamp.com. It's a great time now that Audacity 3.0 is out and some big changes there. I've talked about them on the podcast here and also my other podcasts, Build the Big Podcast. Mike, appreciate your time being here on Red Podcast. Oh, man. Thanks so much for this invitation. It's been a great time. Appreciate it, David.